Welcome to Words of Grace, radio ministry of Elder Ben Winslet, pastor of the Flint River Primitive Baptist Church near Huntsville, Alabama. We invite you to stay tuned to today's broadcast. Our broadcast today is entitled Subduing the Earth. As I introduce our broadcast today, let me just say that my heart really goes out to young adults who are struggling with starting their lives. It really seems like we're bombarded in every form of media with lifestyles and worldviews that are contrary to Scripture, that are unfulfilling, that are outright dangerous, and this creates much confusion about what we're to be and what we're to do as human beings in our lives. Men won't act like men. Oh, you have tough guys? Sure. You have the broken tough guy that's an alcoholic and perhaps a womanizer. And then you have the ones that end up being soft and weak and wimpy. And more times than not, they're single. They're not married. They don't become fathers. They don't become grandfathers. But they're almost the perpetual teenage persona throughout their on-screen lives. But you rarely see what God intends as true masculinity depicted on the big screen. At the same time, women don't really act like women are supposed to be in television shows either. Women are rarely depicted as traditional ladies. They're often, if they're younger women, single with no children. They're many times depicted as being career-minded, centered around what they can do to generate as much wealth as possible and establish a very powerful career. While I'm not against someone having a career or accumulating a nice retirement for themselves, it is rather tragic that true womanhood is rarely promoted in the media and in movies and television shows today. It makes you wonder if the creators of such media think that's what human society has looked like for thousands of years. Now, if they're honest, they know that's not the case. More times than not, what they're trying to do is push an agenda and reshape society after the image they would have it to bear. Either way, it isn't realistic, and it's certainly not what God has ordained for men or women. Now, as I look at human society today, more and more, I'm seeing the following circumstances. Let me just say as a caveat up front, if this is you, I'm not judging you, but what I'm trying to do is try to help you by presenting a better way. But I'm seeing this. As it relates to men, I'm seeing more and more often men who fail to pass from boyhood into adulthood. What might that look like? Well, it could look like a man chasing women into his 40s. When I was a little boy, there was a character in the television show Cheers, Sam Malone. And Sam was a slender, tall man with dark, nice hair. And it was actually not real hair. He wore a hairpiece for the series. But he was a man that chased women all the way up into his 40s. He never settled down. He never started a family. And I'd submit to you, his lifestyle was not one that would be as fulfilling and happiness generating as what I've done with my adult life. Or it could be the classic failure to launch. 
often caricatured as a 40-year-old man living in his mother's basement, playing video games all day, and never really growing up. Now, if you're a 15-year-old and you're listening to that description, you might think, hey, it would be awesome to be 40 years old, still living at home, living in my parents' basement, playing video games all day, going to movies. If I have a job, it's very minimal, just enough to create the income I need to go and eat fast food or go to the movies, go wherever it is that I want to go for a hobby or something entertaining. But that's actually a lifestyle that generates misery in the grown men who have found themselves in such a place. And again, I'm not judging you if that is where you're at in life. If you're 40 years old and living at home, I'm not judging you. What I want to do on the broadcast today is help you. I want to point you to a better way. Now, regarding women, I find more and more often in the world women who find no use for men outside of playthings. They prioritize their education and their career because women can get an education just as well as men and they can work in the workforce just as well as men, but they choose to pursue a life disconnected from a male, a man, a life without children. They often enjoy sexuality without consequence through birth control, but they never have children of their own, and so they never have a family. Now, I believe that women have an instinctive desire, an instinct, a yearning in the heart for children of their own. Now, you might deny that, you might argue with that, but I believe that that is nature, and nature is a very powerful force. This is in all species. This is the way that God created it. We have a desire to reproduce, but in our country, in the West, women have been taught that their husband is a burden. They don't need a husband. They don't need a man. They can be everything that they need to be in and of themselves, by themselves, and they certainly don't need children bogging them down because, after all, the best thing that they could have in this life is a career, a good income, the independence and power to do whatever it is that they want because they don't need anyone else and they're completely self-sufficient. That is often promoted, but again, just like with the 40-year-old man living in his mom's basement, if that were such a profitable lifestyle, if it were such a beneficial lifestyle, why are the people who are so engaged in it so often miserable? Well, again, I submit to you that it's not a better lifestyle. It's something that's contrary to what God has said in His Word. I believe that adults find true happiness and satisfaction by obeying the command of God to marry, to have children, and to raise another generation of human beings. An alternate rejection of God's purpose and plan for women in the world could be the celebrity social media obsessed young woman seeking to replicate what they see on TV or receive attention from strangers through the creation of content. And this online content could be something as simple as social media posts, or it could be something very nefarious such as illicit material. But I would tell you that this is also a vain, hollow shell that does not bring lasting peace and happiness in a person's life. It doesn't bring lasting satisfaction. On today's broadcast, 
I want to guide us back to the beginning of time and God's intent, his intention for young men and women. And within this, I believe that we'll find a worldview and lifestyle that is good, that is fulfilling, and is even so in the lives of unbelievers. Now, obviously, I'm talking as a Christian radio host, as a pastor, a preacher, who's sharing the Word of God today with people over the airwaves and by way of our podcast who are listening on purpose because they are followers of Christ and they want to know how to honor the Lord Jesus in their lives. Obviously, if God's Word commands it, you as believers would not be surprised to know that this is beneficial to you. But did you know that if unbelievers put into practice the basics of what I'm talking about today, their lives will even be better? This might come as a shock, but when God gave these commandments that we'll read in a moment, they were to all of humanity, not just his followers. And so in nations where the population is less religious, but generally civil, and these roles are held, happiness exists a lot more than it does in our more liberal epicenters in the U.S., and this is because creation is functioning more as it ought to function. When men and women act in their roles, which God has created, they find greater fulfillment and satisfaction, and thereby happiness in their own personal lives. And so to the passage of Scripture that I want to share with you today, we turn to the book of Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Now, I titled my message this morning, Subduing the Earth, Subduing the Earth. It might have been a surprise to you that I titled the message, Subduing the Earth, and then spent several minutes talking to you about finding our identity as men and women in God's assigned roles. If you were with us when I introduced the title of that message and then began speaking about men and women being masculine and feminine as defined by the Word of God, you might have been surprised when those two thoughts were presented parallel to one another— the title, Subduing the Earth, and the content, Men and Women Being Men and Women. But this is inherently biblical and dates directly to the book of Genesis chapter 1, in which God created men and women and commanded them to go into this world and fulfill their purpose in existing as a physical creation. This is indeed proper. Let's go to Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This is the account of God creating humankind. And this comes at the end of his creation week. The last thing that he creates is mankind on the sixth day. On the seventh day, God rests from all the work that he did, giving a pattern 
for those who would live in this world that one day out of a week is good for us to rest in. And God said, let us make man in our image. Male and female created he them as God made them in his image. Now, in chapter 2, we learn a little more of the specifics about how God does that. God had created Adam from the dust of the ground, and he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. God takes this man, Adam, he places him in the garden, and he tells him to name all the beasts of the field, but there was no help appropriate for him. There was no help meet for him. Help meet is sometimes used as one word, but it's not. Help meet for him is the statement, and the word meet is a KJV word for appropriate or fitting. There was no fitting partner for Adam among all the creatures that were made, and so God causes a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and chapter 2 and verse 21, he took one of his ribs, he closed up the flesh instead thereof, and he created, he formed a woman from this rib, brings this woman unto Adam, presents her unto him, and this woman is his wife. Adam says, this is bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. And I believe verses 24 and 25 of Genesis 2 are the remarks of the writer or the narrator that would be Moses in this case. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. That's the origin of marriage. That's the origin of masculinity. That's the origin of femininity. The origin of this institution that has existed in the world from the beginning of time, through which children should come into the world and be trained and instructed and cared for, the institution upon which everything else in human society is built, the home, the family. In Genesis one twenty six, God says, let us make man in our image. And I love the references to God speaking in Genesis chapter 1 in the creation account, because we read in the book of John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. Without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the living word. And so the God said statements here, I believe, have reference to the word of God, the living word creating in the beginning of time. God says here, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. Now, why would God say, let us make man in our image when God is a singular God? There's not more than one deity in existence. God isn't speaking to make man in the image of angels here. He's not saying to the angels, let's make man in our image. When God says, let us make man in our image, this is a statement of his triunity. This is a Trinitarian statement. God says, let us, plural, let us make man in our image, even though God is one God. God exists as one God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. When God says, let us make man in our image, this one God is speaking to himself as an us because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit make up the three-in-one Godhead. And so when God speaks to himself, as it were, he speaks 
in the plural because God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yet he is only one God. There's not a plurality of deities. There are not three gods, nor are there three parts making up one God, but God exists as an unable-to-be-comprehended trinity or triunity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Also from this passage, we learn that humankind is a special creation. Mankind is special in that he is made after the image of God. Therefore, it is wrong to curse other people. Therefore, it is wrong to kill other people. It is wrong to abuse other people. All human beings are worthy of dignity and respect because they are image bearers of God. This is why abortion is wrong. It's why murder is wrong. It's why stealing is wrong. We are to love our neighbor as ourself. And if you're wondering what neighbor is, it's any other human being who lives in the world. We are to love our neighbor as ourself because they also are image bearers of God. Now, we have a greater bond with those that are also followers of Christ in our local churches because they have professed faith in Christ. We know them to be elect persons, chosen of God before the foundation of the world, our brothers and sisters indeed in Christ, and that's an even greater bond. But because every human being is an image bearer of God, albeit marred through sin, an image bearer, we are to treat everyone with dignity and respect. That's a convicting statement to me, as I'm sure it is to you as well. But man is a special creation. Man was also given dominion over the earth. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth, over the creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Man has dominion. Now, this is interesting because humans are not the strongest creatures in the world. We think of the food chain, and so often the strongest creature is that which is at the top of the food chain. You and I are supposedly on the top of the food chain, but if we were out in the midst of the African savanna and we were approached by a pack of lions, we would see very quickly that when we are on their turf and their territory, if we lack a weapon or sufficient weapon or numbers to repel them, they would be the top of the food chain very quickly because they would make a meal out of me and you. Nonetheless, man has dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, and over all the earth, even though he's not the strongest. Cattle are stronger than men. Horses are stronger than men. Lions and tigers are stronger than men. A pack of wolves is stronger than a man. A bear is stronger than a man. Though we're not the strongest, we have dominion because that is how God has created us to have dominion over all the beasts of this earth, over all the other types of life. So God created man, verse 27, in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God created man in his own image. Now, man here has reference to humanity. God created man, male and female. So we have this first usage of man in this passage. It actually translates from a derivation of the Hebrew word for Adam. God created Adam, Man and Adam sometimes translate from the same word. God created Adam, man, in his own image, and male and female created he them. By the way, from this we learn that every single one of us is Adam. We are Adam. We belong to the race of Adam. We're all human beings. That is our kind. And 
we all as descendants of Adam are Adam multiplied. As Adam multiplies, he multiplies himself. Male and female created he them, the them there having reference to man, man being the word for Adam. We are Adam. We are created in God's image. Male and female created he them. And that Again, simply having reference to the race of man or the race of Adam that exists both male and female. And God blessed them. Listen to this. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. We are commanded from the beginning of time to subdue this earth. Be fruitful, multiply, Fill the earth. That's what replenish means. It doesn't mean refill, but it means fill and subdue this earth. Subduing the earth. One thing that I tell young men, especially if they're struggling, is to go and conquer. To go and conquer. To subdue is synonymous with to conquer. You can fact check me on that. Google the word subdue, and one of the words that it's a synonym with is the word conquer. There's a great point in this. And this speaks to our purpose as human beings. We are not created simply to exist, but we are created to do. What is not doing anything called permitted we're able to do something? Being a sluggard or a slothful man, being a lazy person, simply existing. And the Word of God calls on us to be productive. Now, in this chapter, we're called upon to be reproductive, to multiply and have children, but we're also called upon to go and conquer this planet that God created us on in His image and gave to us. To sit around without purpose, doing nothing but just existing, that would be me being a sluggard or a slothful man. Now, that doesn't mean that I need to be in the American rat race for money. There are ways that you and I can go conquer and subdue, which have nothing to do with income whatsoever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being productive, doing something, accomplishing something with your life, this one life that God has given you. We are to go and conquer. We are to go and do. So what do we do? Well, speaking personally, what has God gifted you with? What do you find great interest in? As New Testament Christians, we know that God gives us spiritual gifts that are to be used. The physical realm works similarly. In Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians, we read that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, and this measure of faith that God has dealt to every man that he has quickened, that is, this measure of faith is a spiritual gifting that is different, distinct, and it takes all of these gifts to make the body function, the body of Christ Well, in the physical realm, it's not different than that. God has given all people abilities that are to be used for the betterment of his society. The physical realm works like the spiritual realm in this regard. So if you have a natural inclination for teaching, then by all means go teach. If you're gifted with math, be an engineer. If you're drawn to building things, be a builder, build houses, build roads, build buildings. If you're good at cooking, be a chef. I remember years ago, a childhood friend's parents were aghast when he told them that he wanted to be a chef when he grew up. See, they were accountants, and they expected him to work in an office and do the same thing that they had done, which they were good at. They were good at math, and it was lucrative for them. 
but he had a passion for being a chef, and it was bothersome to them that he wanted to pursue that. But if you love cooking and you are gifted in that, I promise you the world needs people who cook. The world needs food. It's a shame that media has trained us to think that the only honorable jobs that we ought to be impressed with are the ones where we wear a suit and tie to work and work in a cubicle or in a high-rise office building. The world needs cooks. The world needs builders. The world needs mechanics. The world needs air conditioning repairmen. The world needs plumbers and electricians. The world needs landscapers and land surveyors. I was a land surveyor for a decade of my life. Before that, I worked in the maintenance department of a state park. I've worked in body shops, working on cars. We need all of those things, and every type of work is honorable work. So what it is that you are drawn to, go do that. Go study that. So as a man, God has given me desires and abilities and interests, and I am to go and to conquer with these. What do I mean by conquer? What's the application of this? I'm not to go and conquer others, but I am to go and conquer the task. And so what I mean is to be the best version of that thing that you can be. If you're a mechanic, be the best mechanic. If you're a chef, be the best chef. If you're a trumpet player, be the best trumpet player that you can be. If you're a school teacher, be the best school teacher that you can be. Not to be better than the others, but to be the best version of yourself in that thing that is possible for you to be. And so perhaps to put a pin in this word on conquering or subduing, always work towards self-betterment. Always be improving. Always be learning. Read. Study. Study the world today. Study world history. Learn a new language or multiple languages. Take up a hobby and work in it. Learn how to go out and survive in the woods. Whatever it is that you're interested in, learn in that. Do something other than merely exist. So make your big goals. Go learn. Go do. Go try. You might be thinking, well, what if I fail? Oh, you will. You will fail until you won't, and then you will succeed. Perhaps a good last point along these lines is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. What your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Now that's spoken to men, and that's fitting because I am a man, and I will speak more pointedly to the men in our audience. To those that are listening who are women, what does subduing the earth look like to you? What does conquering look like to you? Well, chiefly, being a mother. The most despised and rejected position, perhaps, by the modern woman in Western society, a mother. Someone who loves her husband and is raising her children. Isn't it such a shame that being a mother is so discouraged in our culture today? Yet, at the same time, people, ladies, are often among the most miserable as they put into practice the worldview that society tells them they should. And don't be deceived. There's a correlation there with misery and worldview. Paul says to Timothy that he would, that younger women marry, bear children, and guide or manage the home. And I'll just tell you that if you are looking for lasting satisfaction in your life, being the biblical woman, being feminine, being what God has called you to be as a woman— That is going to bring you more lasting fulfillment than any other thing that you could experience. Now, the final thought that I want to give you on today's broadcast, while we're to go conquer, while we're to go 
subdue this earth. We should do all things that we do to the glory of God. While I should work hard to better myself and accomplish things, while we should have and train up children, we should do all that we do to the glory of God. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Men, go conquer and subdue this world to the glory of God. Women, go bear up children and love them and love your husbands and manage your home to the glory of God. Again, I'm Ben Winslet, thanking you for listening to Words of Grace today, inviting you to write, let me know that you've received the broadcast, and also to tune in again next week at this time. Until then, may the Lord's richest blessings be yours, is my prayer. If you enjoy the messages you hear on Words of Grace, consider this your invitation to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. An online directory is available at MarchToZion.com. Copies of this and other broadcasts are available for download on iTunes and on our website. And finally, Words of Grace is a listener-supported program. To contact us, address your correspondence to... Words of Grace Radio, 641 Moontown Road, Brownsboro, Alabama, 35741. Or visit us online at flintriverpbc.org.